I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a milli every week. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire, I wanna be a billionaire. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Things just got a little bit real. This is your host, Johnny Vegas. You're tuned into another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast brought to you by Stop the Banking and TTV. Now, my next guest is a very special guest. I know you've seen him on Great Debaters, I mean, acting alongside Denzel Washington and Forrest Whitaker. You've seen him in Black Panther, you know what I'm saying? My man, Denzel Whitaker. How you doing, my brother? What's going on, man? Oh, life is good. Can't complain. Even Absolutely. better that you grace me with your presence today, uh, man. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> life Not, is beautiful. That's what I love to hear, man. Uh, yeah, all the time, man. Yeah. God is good. God is good. God is great. Yep. Yeah, man. So do you have to audition for like the role of a Black Panther, or was it just like offered to you? No, 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 no. Not at all. Um, Black Panther definitely was an offer, man. I shit. I went out for that... I want to say maybe like October mm -hmm. of uh, 2016, and I remember the day of because like I had like a thousand things to do on my plate, as always, and then mm -hmm. it's like they hit you with the last minute, like oh man, we got to see you in the room tomorrow. Yeah. But of course it's Marvel's Black Panther. What am I gonna do? I'm going in that fucking yeah, exactly. room. Exactly. Cancel everything else. Exactly. <laughs> so you know, I remember meeting up with my coach that night. Uh, I actually was crashing in the area. And then the next morning, got up, I went straight to the audition. You know, no sleep, whatever. Just, it was like, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Mm. Um, and I remember going out for the audition, and they, they had me say a couple words to Ryan Coogler. Because right. all of these were being casted off the tape. He was already, if not in London, down in Atlanta, already getting things together. Right. So, you know, they, they had me say a couple words, and I, I kind of came from the heart, and that was about it. Mm. I had never heard anything back. Uh, until maybe around December. Mm. So two months go by. I'm, I'm thinking like, mm. I ain't got the role. You right, know what right, I mean? Right, like, yeah. yeah, two months go by. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, like, it's yeah, pretty it's much done. Yeah, it's pretty much done. Yeah. Then all of a sudden my agent hits me up. He's like, hey, do you want to go star in a Marvel movie? I was like, hell yeah. yeah. Is the sky blue? Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> He's like, do you want to go star in a Marvel movie, Black Panther with Ryan Coogley, Chadwick Boseman? He started listening up. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. He's like, I didn't want to tell you because you might get excited and then something might fall through. So mm -hmm. definitely was an audition process and, and it ended up working out for the best. Yeah, you did a great job, bro. I remember oh, seeing you, I was man. like, wow, yo, this dude is still doing it, man. Because I remember yeah. watching Great Debate. You was young, you was chubby and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> man, just to see you come, even on, uh, <coughs> yeah. on all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day, I remember. Oh, I was chubby on all that. Yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah, 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 I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So would you ever like to play a superhero, like actually the lead in a, in a role? And if Always. so, which one? Always. It's uh, a good question. I don't know if there's a superhero for me. It's for the same reasons like I always wanted to be a James Bond. Okay. But, you know, James Bond is a British thing. Right. Uh, but that's what my mind is geared towards, is, is towards the fantasy element, uh, is towards the action-adventure element. Like, that's my bread and butter. Indiana Jones, Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, like... James Bond, that's my shit. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's a superhero out there currently that I'd want to play that isn't obviously Black Panther. Mm -hmm. I would probably... I'd want to have, like, the gift of teleportation. Okay, I wish I did. Like, like mm -hmm. what, super, what superpower gift would you want? I would like... 
to t- uh, fly. You like to fly? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to fly? I just en- I enjoy heights, you know, and okay. I would like and I would like to travel wherever I want at, right. at my leisure, at my time. I don't want to buy a plane ticket or wait for a layover or nah. have the option to drive. No, but pass yeah, the no traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, for the same reason why, like, I would want to teleport. Think about it. Like, my superpower. All right, anybody can like stop time or or safer, so you could run fast or like if you're Superman, you're invincible. Mm-hmm. If you could teleport, you could be anywhere, right? And you can get out of anywhere, right? Quickly, quickly, without being seen. Quickly, yeah. huh. everything in this life is timing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? That's a, that's an interesting thought. I never really beat time. That. What better superpower is that? Wow. Yeah, you put a lot of thought into that. Oh, I never put thought into that. I put thought into that. Teleportation. Yeah, That's yeah. my superpower. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So have you, um, are you in the process of like making your own movies or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like absolutely, that? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, can you talk about it? Or just yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I can talk about it. Um, that all sort of dates back to being on The Great Debaters. You know, I, I, I tell it all the time. Denzel Washington was very instrumental within my career and stepping behind the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, he had foreseen the talent within me and the undeveloped skill of becoming somebody great because I was naturally just curious. I was curious about story. I was curious why things were working the same way they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had really persuaded me to go to film school. So now, you know, shot two short films. I'm working on a pilot right now. Congratulations, uh, man. That's awesome. Thank you, thank you. There's two films that I'm writing currently. There's one that's like, supposed to be my magnum opus uh so so these are things that are sort of in development and and in between that i'm just experimenting with different looks like music videos for instance Mm -hmm. i mean that's you know how we met like music video world um just experimenting different colors different styles different genres uh kind of honing that in so i can further refine that skill right so by the time we're ready to do like big boy stuff mm-hmm. it's game over you don't have to think exactly it's, it's a part of you, you know? yeah, yeah yeah some yeah. of the tactics you use on a music video set can be applied to a movie set also so exactly and the team I'm sure you're building your team so you already got who to call on deck oh yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah. so that's cool so we in the lab we yeah. in the lab man yeah, yeah. that's awesome man. I'm glad to hear that man I love to see like artists from back in the day that was doing their thing and now just expanding their brand and mm-hmm. you know into business and really taking it serious to try to take it to the, the big level you know? absolutely that's great man yeah man so how, so how does it work once a movie's complete you know and you want to put into theaters like do you have to split profits with the theaters do they charge you to put it in do you uh, split when the box office numbers come in how does that work so, that's a, that's a, shit, that's a detailed question. Um, basically, you got to look at everything like, like a business mm-hmm. from that standpoint. Right. So, you have your capital investor, your executive producer. You know, uh, that said executive producer will put in the money. Now, say for so, you're creating something, right? You're mm-hmm. self-funding it. You could consider yourself an executive producer. Right. Now, if you have to go outsource you know, you go get that from somewhere else. So that initial proportion of the money is what's going to help you go into production, mm-hmm. what's gonna help finance your film, what's gonna help get it made and get it out there. Um, now past that on the back end, then you have to start thinking about marketing and distribution. Now getting it into theaters is the act of distribution. Mm-hmm. You could either self-distribute, which there's mediums now like online platforms, you know, you pay a company and they'll distribute it for you, or your traditional route of distribution where it's like Universal, Sony, you know, all these big companies that we come to know of. Right. 
you know, and, and they have their own distribution platform as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody's kind of taking a piece of a pie. Mm-hmm. An investor, they're going to get their 100% back and then they're going to get whatever percentage on top of that back. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have a certain amount of allotted points and a certain amount of allotted, a, a you know, percentages that you're going to give out on the back end. Like, say, for so your director takes a cut up front, so maybe they can see some more money on the back end. Say, for so your actor takes like an initial fee, but they're like, I know my value and my worth, I'm going to take another percentage. And then you're going to have your distribution. Mm-hmm. So you start with this whole pie and you just keep cutting the pie, cutting the pie, because everybody has to get a piece of that money. Right, everybody right. wants to see what that product is going to grow to. Right. So you don't dist- want to be left out. Hell no. Right. So your distribution ultimately is going to probably take a third of that. You know, you're going to pay them up front for their services. They're going to upfront all the money, mm-hmm. you know, but they're obviously going to want to see a percentage of that back. And then everybody, like, you know, I collect residual checks as an actor. Yeah. But I'm only collecting a percentage of that entire pie. You see mm-hmm. what I mean? That's so that's how money is made back. Okay. Yeah, money is made back. The initial investment goes in. That investment has to be repaid tenfold. But that investment also has to be split amongst other people. Yeah. You see what I mean? So they can get, get their profit after the uh, Absolutely. That's yeah. why you want to double, triple, do more than what is intended. Because mm-hmm. if you're just breaking even, well, shit, everybody out the pot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good that there's a, like a nice little structure to it so everybody benefits from it. Absolutely. Know? I mean, that's the crazy thing about being in the business uh, from the age that I was in the business to understanding it now and taking it serious is because my trajectory could have just have been an actor mm-hmm. and I would have been fine with just being an actor but to understand the dynamics of the business is twofold because then you start to build your empire and legacy mm-hmm. you see what I mean like yeah. say for so you wanted to be a carpenter mm-hmm. well do you want to be work for hire or do you want to own your own construction company Right. It's the same sort of shit, you know what I mean? Like, you kind of got to learn the ins and outs of how money is being transacted. Because that just only makes you smarter. And if you already got the creative, well, shit, you ready to go. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, be dynamic. Exactly. Yeah. Damn, that's great, man. I'm, in, I'm just, I'm like a fly on the wall. Even when, <laughs> I, when I see you, when I see you working, I'm just there, like, absorbing, watching you and watching how you controlling everything and just absorbing it so I can do those same things. But I'm glad you, you got it under control. Like, you got it all mapped out. So, Getting there, man. It, it, it's a day by day thing, bro. It's yeah, I, I can't say I know all the answers, you know. Yeah, I, I'm just learning. But I like the fact that you saw the vision early, and you know, every little step is getting you to that one goal. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 what it's all about. Absolutely, you know man. what I'm saying. So, how can an aspiring like uh, actor or screenwriter, for example, mm-hmm. like submit some their script to you to potential for you to potentially direct it or shoot it? Um, or do, are you even accepting scripts? No, 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 no. I'm accepting scripts. I'm accepting scripts. Through my company, Black Mouth. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. Black Mouth started in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Mouth Entertainment, blackmouth.com. People reach out to me, you know what I mean? Like, people are always reaching out to me all the time. It has to speak to me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As cliche as that may sound, like, why Why would you care? Yeah, why and would that's, you And that's not it? even, like, from, a, from an asshole perspective. That's mm-hmm. genuinely, like, what makes me care about this? What is the human emotion that connects me to this? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does it touch my personal story? Does it touch your personal story? Like, who does this touch? Mm-hmm. Let's start there. And then also, I mean, just be keeping it real on business. Like, does this make sense as a business move? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, are you about to go step outside of your house and go make, like, some quick change? 
when you know over here, if you just put a little bit of time in, you can make some real change? Right. You know, not at all. I'll stick to what's going to make some real change right. in the long run. Yeah. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, but people can definitely get at me. Get at me at uh, blackmap.com. You know, we have, a, we have a connect form. You can fill out the connect forms, submit everything. We don't solicit anything until contracts are signed. So we keep it real official around here. That's awesome, yeah. man. And tell me more black black, black mouth. Like, you know, um, you know, what what are the goals for that company? And so, what what projects you got going on now with it? Absolutely. So black mouth I always say if, if if word of mouth is the most common form of storytelling, mm -hmm. then black mouth is everything of me. Okay. You see what I mean? Like black mouth this this logo right here. Uh, get your pins. <laughs> I'm getting mine soon. I, yeah, thank you, thank no you. Problem. Get your pins out there. Get your pins, get your hats. We got more merch coming. Um, Black Mouth sort of started when I was in sixth grade. Okay. It was it was a drawing. I used to doodle all the time. Um, I remember just drawing this shape, drawing this design mm -hmm. in science class. And then Black Mouth itself, I, I named after the ludicrous word of mouth CD. Because <laughs> I needed like an email, I needed a gamer tag, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it just sort of kept growing. By the time 2013 came around, I was mm -hmm. doing my first uh, major short and we needed to brand myself. And I was like, well, what do people know me as? Right. And it was like, oh man, well, I've been using this for years. I've been tagging this on everything. Like, people already call me Black Mouth. People who've never met me call me Black Mouth. It's like, <laughs> yo. That is what I'm calling my company. And I think in and of itself, the roots of Black Mouth is the feeling of imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, I say this all the time, like, I grew up with siblings, but also I feel like my trajectory was like an only child. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to lock myself in my room and it was my toys, my computer, my TV, my PlayStation, it was my imagination. Right. And that was my world. Mm -hmm. And a lot of where I create my characters and everything's come from a place of solace. Okay. Because I just live within my head. Mm -hmm. I overthink shit. I'm a Gemini. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I'm, I'm the same fucking, way and I'm a Leo. <laughs> you're a Leo. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm a creative Gemini amongst many Geminis who lock themselves with inside of their heads. And so Black Mouth literally is immortality through imagination. It's about retaining youth and imagination because they say, you know, getting older is the death of your imagination. And that's sad yeah. because, you know, when we're children, we're, we're formless. We have no ego. But then society will tell you how you're supposed to act, tell you what you're supposed to think, tell you how you're supposed to make money, tell you how you're supposed to inspire to life. Right. Take all that shit away. And then all you have is your imagination. Yeah. That's like the core construct of black mouth. Yeah. You know, so I like to pride myself like a, like an Amblin Entertainment, you know, like Steven Spielberg company. Mm -hmm. um, right now. Black Mouth is super, super heavy within the music division. You know, there's a couple artists uh, that I'm looking to represent, music videos that we've gotten ourselves interested in. Like I said, everything, uh, even from the pilot, from the short films, have all been branded under Black Mouth. Um, definitely have some merch coming out soon. A limited, limited apparel line, but more so an accessories company that's going to be coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, that's another venture that I'm stepping out into. Okay. Shit, man. Black Mouth, Black Mouth is, is not only entertainment, it's, it's like a collective, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a collective it's bigger of bigger than a brand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wanted to sort of stand for something. Right. Just how I said, for like imagination and youth and, and being fearless, like, fuck any sort of con like social construct that people try to put on you. Mm -hmm. Just be. 
Right. You know? That's what I want Black Mouth to be. Just be. Well, it sounds like it's already there, my brother. And congrats on that. Cheers to the creators out there, for real. Absolutely. Absolutely. Never, never settle. Just don't put a ceiling on yourself. Yeah. Right. Hell yeah. So, um, how old were you when you got your first acting job? Ten. What's, what, what, what role was that? Training day. I, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that was your first yeah, gig. Yeah, that, that was my first gig. How, yeah. how, how did you land that? Um, that was actually a background role. That was that was an extras role. You looked featured in that one to me. It, it became featured. Oh, okay. I, I opened say. my mouth and I wasn't supposed to say anything. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't know it was my first role, man. I was 10. You know, first time being on set, there were Oreos. Like, <laughs> we shooting over in Nixon Garden. I was like, oh, okay. And, oh, uh, and I remember my dad and my mom taking me that day. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, Big Denzel. Yeah. Big Denzel has been very instrumental in my life. Like, I, I met him that first day. Mm-hmm. He asked me a couple questions. I sat down in front of him. And... I don't know anything about acting. Nobody in my family acts. Yeah. I I had no limitations, so he's asking me questions. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And next thing I know, they were like, well, your son has said something, but we really like it. We're going to have to feature you now. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't tell, it's like they're telling you like it's going to be a problem. Like, no, feature me. Right, right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I look back on that now. I'm like, yeah, I said something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious, bro. <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, uh, man. But that's awesome, man. It's good to see you still doing your thing, man. But even, so you said you didn't know anything about acting and nobody in your family act, but did you, prior to doing our training day, did you want to be an actor? No, I or wanted to be a cartoon artist. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad, he's a mechanical engineer, mm-hmm. uh, draws a lot. That naturally was passed down to me. I just used to draw a lot. And if it wasn't a mechanical engineer, I probably would have went into like science or math. Mm. That was my thing. I was just like a brainy kid, you know. Hated sports. Couldn't stand sports. Wow. Yeah. Wasn't my thing. Uh, I was just interested in, like, science and how things work and how things broke down and, like, solving the puzzle, you know. So, I don't know. But I feel like now looking back on it, it was destined to be. But who who would have known, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy because I, I used to I guess we're both kind of similar in the artistic minds we had at a young age because I used to draw so that's how I yeah, started yeah. like with being an artist you know I would like right. look at pictures like Donald Duck and you know the whole uh, Space Jam cast and I'll just look at it and draw it and yeah. be real precise with the lines till it was perfect get the color get the color uh, you know the color pencils mm-hmm. and draw it in between and put the shadows in there just till it was perfect and then that that birthed my uh my being of being an artist and then it uh, gradually built on into music and film and stuff like that. Right. But that's dope, man. That's cool as hell, man. Did you uh did you graduate from college? No. No. Oh. Okay. So uh, what year did you stop going? Oh, when did you stop going to school? Man. Uh <laughs> Woo! I don't recommend this to everybody. <laughs> I, I really don't. I really don't. In fact, if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer, if you're going to be a Anything that takes precision, please stay in school. Uh, yeah, definitely do that. Mm. Now, for me, you know, I was working, like I said, since I was 10. By the age of 14, you know, I was on the series, all that, on Nickelodeon. Uh, so even during high school, like out of the four years, I maybe 
only had an attendance record of maybe a year. Mm. You know, my, my truancies were ridiculous. Right. Uh, to the point where it was becoming problematic, mm. but I always kept good grades. You know, my GPA was like a 3.6, 3.8 my entire life. Wow. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So that was never the issue. It was literally I was working at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got to college and, and Denzel, yes, persuaded me to go to school, I was still working a lot. Yeah. Um, and it was like the college is, hey, you haven't been showing up. And I'm like, well, I'm actually doing what I'm going to school for. I went to film school, mm-hmm. but I was already on set. Right. And so uh, this director, like Gavin O'Connor and Werner Herzog, Mm -hmm. uh, they were basically saying like, listen, you've been on set your entire life. Mm -hmm. The only way you can learn is do by do. Right. And it became one of the things that was clear to me, like some of my peers weren't even touching cameras their first year, maybe not even to their second year. Mm -hmm. You know, you pay an exorbitant amount of money just to be taught the fundamentals of things, but you don't actually get the real world practice of it. Right. You know, and I had been to a couple summer camps before then. I just make the decision, and my dad, he, at the time, was so confused and even a little bit disappointed. My dad was was like, well, son, I think you need some sort of uh, some sort of stability, something to fall back on. And I made a promise to myself that I'm not going to fall backwards. That was my only option. Right. So in and of itself, like my first major second short film, uh, cr- uh, Criminal, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of money, a lot of useless money of my own money that I didn't need to spend, spend. but it still was a fraction of what I would have spent in film school and I've learned in a tremendous amount from that. Right. And in and of itself, I learned the lesson you do by doing. Mm-hmm. No one can teach you that. And look, man, I don't, I don't say this to everyone, nor am I saying this out of a cocky perspective, but I'm an intelligent person who was able to figure it out on my own. Mm-hmm. And I forced myself to read about it and to understand and to always just learn, 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 watch, watch, watch. Mm-hmm. And it was that self-dedication and that diligence to where there are enough resources out there right now where you can truly do it on your own. Right. From a film aspect. Mm-hmm. You can't do medicine or, or, you know, be a lawyer on your own. You maybe can. Yeah. Uh, but still in and of itself, that's something that's going to test your intelligence. To be a mathematician, it's still going to test your intelligence. But to be an artist, you have to be fearless and just create. Right. You know, and the technicality of it will come. Right, absolutely. Yeah. As you grow your content. Now, I totally agree, man. I actually went to, uh, I attended the Art Institute of Tampa for video production. And, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what uh, um, turned me off about the situation was that I was taking a lot of elective, not really getting the hands on experience I wanted. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm like, damn, like, I'm paying all this money. Why am I even here? So what I did was I bought a camera mm-hmm. and then I started, uh, I used to promote parties and stuff. So mm-hmm. I would film the shows I was. I was promoting and I started getting a lot of positive feedback and then they started paying me to other promoters started paying me to film their shows yeah. so I'm like well if I'm going to school for this and getting paid already yeah. what the hell I need school for so right. I, I quit first semester and then I just started advancing my equipment learning the editing programs all on my own so then graduated the music video started charging for that so then mm-hmm. I kind of figured it out on my own you as figure well. it out on your own mm-hmm. yeah you 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 say fuck failure because even if you fall, you better have learned something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Real. Look, 
if I if I knock you out a couple times, what mm. you gonna do? Get up, knock you back out. Right. Yeah. Or either you're gonna sit down there and you're just gonna say, "Well, I give up." You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, you either gonna fight or you gonna give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's real, bro. That's crazy. Is it true you were named after Denzel Washington? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Who named you? Your dad? No, my mom actually. So my dad's name is Dale. Okay. Um, and you know. He obviously wanted, he could, my dad wanted to call me Dale Jr. And my mom was like, that's not happening. <laughs> so, you know, they, they were trying to think of another D name. And I think at the time where I was born, Glory had just come out. Or I came out the year prior. Uh, so they were like, Denzel. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a small collective of Denzels out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. We're man. around, you know, there's, there's other Denzels out there. Did you tell Denzel you were named after him? You know... I told him no at first, and he was like, you lie. And I was like, why? And, and he said, well, because no matter what, you're named after me regardless. Uh, his father's name is Denzel, and, you know, he was named after his father. So his mom, in fact, to, to separate the two, will call him Denzel. Mm. He was like, pronunciation alone, you're named after me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems like he's a great guy to work with, man. Just he is a great guy. He's a really great guy, man. I, I I can't I can't thank him enough. I can't thank God enough for introducing us. You know. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. What was it like working on with Forrest Whitaker again? Man, and and what's crazy, we didn't work. To, we didn't actually work together on Black Panther. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys were on set different days. Different days, different total different working schedules. Okay. Uh, I ran into him at the Black Panther premiere, and it was like, you know hugging like a warm, long lost friend, like Forrest Spirit. He's such like a a calm, he's such like a like a great guy, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, it it's interesting. He's such a gentle giant, but he has this this presence when he comes on screen. Right, right. Like, where does that Empire, come from? I watch him on Empire, he's like real just his yeah. alone is like, whoa, he's owning the scene. Yeah, but when you meet him in person, totally different. Like, very humble, respectful, mm. you know, God-fearing person. Like, it's always a great time seeing Forrest. That's cool, man. Yeah, man. I like to hear that, man. I always thought, like, you guys, when I when I did more research and I see you guys had the same last name, I thought you guys were related. Everybody so. does. Everybody does. Yeah. I don't know if we, I don't know if we are. Candidly speaking, I mean, Whitaker is a, uh, it's not necessarily a black name, so, uh-huh. you know. Huh. Yeah. Well, Ancestry.com. Go Google. And, your and Ancestry.com. There's a couple <laughs> Whitakers out there, so maybe we are, there's some sort of relation somewhere, but yeah. not, none that we know of. Yeah, you had, you had a lot of lines in that great debate, of like just doing those speeches and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your process with memorizing lines? Process with memorizing lines mm-hmm. is uh, I try to lock it in the night before. You know, Great Debaters was a special case because a lot of my more, uh, uh, I guess you would say, meteor scenes, Mm -hmm. those were my same audition scenes. Right. So I kind of known them in advance. But uh, even if I do get an audition, it's generally like memorize it the night before, Mm -hmm. lock it in, Mm -hmm. uh, and then wake up the next day, instantly jump in the shower, see how much I memorize in the shower. If I can recite the entire thing without looking at it, then I got it. Right. Yeah. Yo, I did the same exact thing, but what I would do is like I would get a tape recorder and like play my lines. I mean, record my lines and listen to it over and over. Because while you're asleep, or, no, or no, no, just no. listen to it. No, while I'm up. Okay, while gotcha. I'm up. No, because as as a musician, when I write my rhymes, it's like 
I write it and recite it, and then when I record it, I listen to it over and over. So when I perform, I got it down pat. Right, you have the cadence of it. Exactly. But have you ever done like uh, ADR voiceover work? AD, no, but I've been uh, working on the reel right now to okay. submit for that, yeah, yeah, yeah. those opportunities. This uh, this lady told me um, while doing ADR that she says most musicians are great at doing it. Mm -hmm. And she even asked me, did I play music? And I was like, no, I just have an ear for it. And she was like, uh, that's sort of the same sort of thing. Like when you're acting, you can sort of remember the cadence. You can sort of remember the performance, how your, how your voice dips and flows mm -hmm. and through your excitement. And if you can match that, that's almost like matching the notes within music. You know what I mean? Right. No, absolutely. And it kind of is that. Like when you're remembering lines, I think the, the trick to remembering your lines is understanding the intention of the scene. Cool. Like if you told me we're doing a scene about sitting at this table playing poker, well, then at least I know what that's about. And if I know the history between us, like you stole some money from me and, you know, I had a thing for your girl back in high school. At least if I know those things, then probably the lines are somewhat going to revolve around that. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it'll come naturally with the Yeah, feelings. it'll it'll come natural if I know everything about the history of the character. Hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Man. The intention of the scene will help guide you all the way through. There's an A and B to everything. Right. Because if you're writing a scene and there's no A to B to it, why are we even doing it? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. That's a good thing. Good, good that you said that, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I mean, there's a. I when I when I like zone in on the scene, like mm -hmm. I try to picture the scene and you know like become one with the character. You know, and even if I'm not, I'm not familiar with the with the story, I try to like capture those emotions and then kind of like you know put myself in that place and be like, okay, how would this guy feel in this situation? Like, if, absolutely. Once you know the history, then you can kind of react off it, even if you're just kind of. Um, not auditioning, but uh, you know, going over lines by yourself. You yeah. know, you just in your mind, you're pretending that you're in that scenario. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get that. I get that. What got you into uh, directing? From earlier, Denzel. No, oh, oh so he kind of persuades you to to do that. He absolutely did. It was it was like you know while we were working on Great Debaters, and I was doing some animation at the time, uh, and I was just sort of playing around with things. So I always kind of like seen the scenes within my head. Mm. But while he was just setting up shot, I just kept asking him questions. I would follow him around and be like, well, why are you setting it up like this? Or, you know, and then I'd pull my chair right up next to him and I'd have my little notepad and he would tell me a couple things. Uh, so that's when I knew I had a curiosity for it. Mm. And that's when I knew that I could tell stories. That's when I started to gain the confidence to know that I could tell those stories. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. How's your how how um tell me the difference from your first directing job to your directing job now? You know, because my first directing job, I had the small camera. It was just <laughs> no sound guy, no none of that. It was just one camera. Right. I'm following you around. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't no panning, well, no slow motion, none of that. If we really taking it back, man, like I remember. Wow. I had a Sony Handycam. That was my first camera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had one of those, too. I had, I had a Sony Handycam. You know, my parents my parents had got me one of those little, uh, what do you call those? The little, uh, it wasn't the VHS, but it was right after. You remember the little mini tape decks? I think so. I got I got to remember. So no, I, I had VHS. one of those. I had one of those with Canon. And me and my boys used to shoot skate videos Okay. Uh, when we were about 10 or 11. And I remember, like, I used to edit skate videos. Okay. Maybe that was the beginning of all of it. Yeah. At 10 or 11. Uh, but I would say, like, my first, first, first directing job to now 
the difference is how serious and meticulous the process is. Mm. Meaning like my first job, I showed up and you're kind of wrangling the ins and outs and it gets really stressful. And I remember being stressed out on, on a lot of my first few jobs. I remember I had gotten into an accident that morning when we were going to pick up uh, the artist and I had ran into another car. Oh, and it was like, now that, that's, that's a little bit more dramatic. I only bent the bumper. Yeah, but, okay, I was like, I'm picturing the... No, 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 no that's, that's a little bit more dramatic. Bent the bumper, but I remember freaking out, and, and, and I was misplacing stress mm-hmm. with that, with what I was having while doing production. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, what you learn is is how to be uh, diplomacy through people around you. Because mm-hmm. while you're directing, I think that's the most important thing, is understanding, like... You trust the people who you hire to do their job. You crowd control the extras and you crowd control your actors to get the best emotion out of them. But at the end of the day, you have to be decisive and make quick decisions. Mm -hmm. You have to say, this is what I want, but also be open to saying, I don't know everything. And the people that I trust around me might have better ideas than me. Mm -hmm. Let me ask them. But at the end of the day, if all these heads start talking, then who is really in control? You have to be able to to cut them off and say like, hey, this is the shot we're setting up for. These are the next three shots we're setting up for. This is the look and feel that I envisioned in my head. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and it's really that decisive, clear action. It's really having that in your mind truth be told I'm a leader you know mm-hmm. what I mean right you have to be a leader to be a director that's real you have to command your ship mm-hmm. and command your ship with kindness right it's not about being forceful either not a dictator a diplomat right a, 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 a diplomat right you know what I mean anybody could be a dictator and anybody could be shy about it too yeah but some people don't respond well to <coughs> dictatorship you know especially not when they come in across you know negative or trying yeah. to be bossy like no you're asking like people that. for their art you're asking people for their time, time you're yeah. asking to collaborate mm-hmm. film is a collaborative effort right if we're making music music is one of those things where it takes one two people mm-hmm. dance is one of those things you can do it by yourself and you can do it with a group i don't care what you say you can do film on your own but there's only so much you can do until you want to play at a different level right and then you have to have to trust people to get it done because otherwise, good, fast, or cheap, you will be spending a lifetime doing it very, very well by yourself or you'll even spend an immense amount of time doing it good. So then it's just going to come out cheap looking. Exactly. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to collaborate in films. So you have to You have to respect people. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm all about respect. I want to be respected. I treat people with respect. And it's like, <sighs> nobody wants to be bossed around. You nah, know? Like, even, nah, not at all. Nah, I, I, I get that. Yeah, because I'm on set sometimes, you know, when I do the acting thing, I do a background role or whatever. And you see how some directors, like, they're real, like, mean and nasty to the background. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, yo, we're bringing your scene to life. Like, if anything, you need us more than the leads. You know, Absolutely. so treat us with respect. You know what I'm saying? Or we're just going to bounce. You know, I mean, of course, not all of them bounce because they need the bread. That's what they, right. that's what they're there for. But, you know, they all have it in their minds because we have conversations. Amongst mm-hmm. 
amongst mm-hmm. each other like yo yo some people be like man I should go knock them out blah 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 but still it's like you're there for the yeah. check you know yeah, but, but it wouldn't no, make, there's no there's no place for that though right and that but that would have never started if the director would have came across more professional right you right. know so that's that so um now on production sets you know typically how many how many guys do you have working with you and what are their roles, you know, to actually get the, the project done? Because I'm sure you, you do more music videos more than anything, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, those are, those are my day in and outs, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I said, experimenting. Uh, music videos, commercials are just fun to, mm-hmm. to experiment with. Um, typically, it depends on, on A, budget kind of sets the tone for everything. Okay. You know, <clears throat> and by what means can we get the vision done with how many resources we have, mm-hmm. you know? And then from there, uh, typically I'll have a producer, you know? Uh, I don't always have the luxury of a first AD. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I just command the role of a first AD. Uh, at this point in my career, always have a DP, unless it's just something that I'm doing for myself, in which case I'll step in and do that. Mm-hmm. Makeup artist for sure, wardrobe, um, talent goes without saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grips and gaff, usually when I have a DP, you know, he'll bring on uh, his best boy Grip, bring on his gaffer, he'll bring on his G&E, uh, he'll bring on his first AC, maybe even a second AC. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what else? If we're doing sound, you know, if we're if we're shooting something, you always need like a sound mixer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even on the last music video we had, it was one of those things where we didn't simply have it in the budget. So, you know, I'm producing, I'm doing art design, and I'm even holding. Boom! Like, I have no problem stepping in and doing the roles. Yeah, you know, I've, I've definitely tried my hat at everything, and rightfully so. I wanted to get the experience of trying everything. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because I feel like once you get the experience. Once you get the experience, you can respect somebody's artistry, but even as an actor, like, mm-hmm. if you try doing sound or if you try doing art direction, mm-hmm. on the day of when you show up and somebody asks you, like, hey, I gotta put this mic on you, but can you not rub, you know, because right. otherwise we won't get clear something, now you understand. You might even be conscious of it now, and now all of a sudden you might move a certain way, and he's gonna be back there, he's gonna thank you because you just made his job easy. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and not only that, you know, once you actually take the role of doing the sound on your own or whatever the case may be, when you're commanding your, your troops to play these roles, you know how it's supposed to get done so you know what to expect. And in case exactly. they fall off, you, you help them, you know, get back on track. Like, listen, not exactly. do it this way. Trust me, it's going to work because I've done it before. You know, so that, that, that makes, that's, that's good. That's good that you take that role, you know what I'm saying? So that's pretty good. Um... What's your opinion on the Me Too movement happening now with the whole, uh, <laughs> sexual harassment, misconduct in Hollywood? Oh, man. It's um, pretty big right now. It's very big. It's very mm-hmm. big. It's... I think the problem is bigger than the Me Too thing. Um, on a micro level, mm-hmm. I'm glad it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, on a micro level, it's it's... Every single industry succumbs to something like this, uh, sexual harassment, women filling out a place or even men filling out a place, people being attacked and, and being vulnerable by people in positions of power. Right. It happens in every industry. <clears throat> and it's nice when the collective speaks up. Now, why I say the issue is bigger than that, it's twofold because now we're seeing 
on the flip side of the Me Too industry where it's getting out of hand where people are just crying wolf. And that can legitimately ruin somebody's not career, only career, life, yeah. but life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's never okay to do that either. But on, on a larger scale, if we're just talking about like sexual harassment in general and people in power, people are always going to abuse power. And throughout history, we've seen uh, races being oppressed. Mm-hmm. We've seen um, genders being oppressed. Sexualities being oppressed. So, unfortunately, we fight through this to get forward movement. But the real root of it is we as people have to see one another. You see what I mean? Yes. You see what I mean? Like, there's there's always this... uh, There's always going to be an issue when communication does not see eye to eye. So, with the Me Too movement, like... It, it, it's funny about the movement, and I don't mean this to be taken out of context, like, when women say our time is now, it has always been time for women. Right. But why did it take so long for women to get the vote? Like, black males got to vote before women got a chance to vote. Mm-hmm. And once women got a chance to vote, it was white women before even black women or any sort of women. You mm-hmm. feel what I mean? Right. So, like, the same sort of thing, like, when women say it's time now and we need, like, uh, you know... Uh, what is it like an inclusive writer that uh, that uh, Francis McDermott had said with her with her speech? Yes, your time is now. Your time has always been now. Right, and that's how fucked the whole situation is. Mm-hmm. So when you ask me about the Me Too movement, I'm thankful and happy that it's happening, but it's also sad to realize that it's happening this far later down the road. Yeah, time was definitely overdue. Yeah, like, why did it take this long for the first woman to get nominated as a, as a cinematographer through the Oscars category? Yeah. You know, why are we just now seeing people of color do the substantial things in 2018? And yet it's not only just America, it's just life in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm thankful for the timing of it. Because time is gonna time is gonna happen on its own. So the Me Too movement, like, yeah, let's 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 keep bringing things to the surface and let let truth arise and let light sort of take over. But also, let's not be neglectful with that either. Let's not let's not wrongfully accuse people. Mm-hmm. Let's not say he or she did something just because you felt some type of way after and you felt like your emotions got the best of you oh, or maybe you made it yeah indecisive exactly trying to get a check like mm-hmm. be real about it tell the truth right and if that is the truth well we will find out and then you know let's take care of it appropriately right let justice swiftly come in and, and we as the people decide right yeah hmm how do you feel about Donald Trump as our president Obama was the president. Obama was the president we needed but we didn't deserve. And Trump is the president that we deserve. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. I mean, there's a balance to life. Mm-hmm. And you have too much of light, you're going to get some dark. You have too much of dark, you're going to get some light. Mm -hmm. So we've seen the succession of really great presidents who have done things in our comedy. 
our, our economy. Mm-hmm. And we've also shamed those same people for not doing enough. Right. And now we look back on the situation and it's like, oh man, we miss him. We, we want Obama back. And this isn't even about Obama. Like, yeah, Kennedy, Kennedy um, you know, we, we've had great presidents in prior succession, even Clinton. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we That's had the first one stuck in my mind. Clinton. Right. Yeah. We had great presidents uh, who we admired, who had done genuine things, but then we shamed them and said we didn't do. They didn't do enough. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then now all of a sudden we have this president, this tyrant, who uh, I don't know how everybody's on the fence about. But one thing we can clearly say is we put him in there. Yeah. And I'm not saying me yeah. put him in there. I'm not saying you, the collective we, put him in there. Right. That means the collective we wants him. Yeah. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when I say Obama was the president we needed but didn't deserve, is because at the time where we had him, we neglected having him. Mm. And Trump is the president we deserve because we said, Damn it, he didn't do enough, but Trump's going to come in and do it. And I'm not saying we, I'm saying the collective we. Right. So we deserve exactly what we're getting. Now, regardless mm. if I feel a certain way about Trump, if I actually like his politics, if I think he's a good person, mm-hmm. if I think he's even fit to have that role of power, mm-hmm. it's out of my, my individual control. The collective we has to rise up and control. Yeah, absolutely right, man. I feel like a lot of people that that complain about the situation didn't didn't vote. You yeah. know, I talk to a lot of people that say, "Yeah, Trump this, Trump that." I'm like, "Well, did you vote? Did you get out there and do what you had to do?" He's like, "Nah." So I'm like, "How can you complain? Like, you basically gave him more of a chance to win by not voting." So we deserve it. If you didn't act upon the actions that you're now complaining about, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If I told you, if if you said you were <clears throat> hungry. Right. But you didn't go get some food. Well, then you deserve to be hungry. Close mouths don't get fed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? That's crazy, man. Well, on a brighter note, <laughs> what do you do to avoid distractions and stay focused in the same <clears throat> You know, because there's a lot of distractions, you know, nightlife, women, you know, alcoholism, drugs, stuff like that. You know, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of people yeah, that yeah. fell victim to that and that have been in the game for such a long time, but still now trying to make a comeback. But... In between that time, they fell victim to the distractions. Uh, I fall into my own set of distractions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I've definitely done it before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything is, 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 um, everything is relative. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and my distractions weren't really distractions. Most people would call them just vacation. Right. You know what I mean? So, but, 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 uh, how do I stay focused? I think it's the realization of, of keeping your eye on the sunset. You know what I mean? Right. Everybody's going to drive down the road and you're going to see a lot of stop signs and you're going to see some pit stops and like great places to shop, but you got to look at the sunset of the destination. Okay. Keep looking at the sunset because that's where you want to go. Absolutely. You know? Um, sooner than later. Exactly. <laughs> Like, in order to be great, you kind of have to be born. You know what I mean? Like, right. people ask me all the time, what do I do for fun? Well, my artistry is my fun. You know, I get so much joy 
from like accomplishing something. You know what I mean? Yeah, same here, man. I get so much joy from that. But oftentimes we forget about that because we want quick fun. We want quick things to satisfy us. And that's what a distraction is. A distraction is quick fun instead of just keep driving and then being like, oh, man, I made it. Because all that shit, all that shit is going to come anyway. Exactly. It's always going to be there. Right. So when people ask me, what do I do on Fridays and Saturdays? Like, I don't enjoy going out. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy going out. I've pretty much stopped drinking. I'll maybe have a shot here or there, but I've always been the lightweight. Mm -hmm. You know? That's good. Past that, like, uh, girls come and go, but they've... Girls are one of those weird things where, like, yes, they're a distraction to me, but I also... They they bring so much to my artistry Mm -hmm. to where it's like, okay, I, I, I can let that distraction slide. But even then, like, I'm not about to... What?! No. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to build and the dumbass shit that you want to talk about right now? I'm not about to deal with that. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of got to be a little bit boring and then people look at you and like, well, we never see you or you never come out. But then they see my work and they're like, oh, man, how do you get this done? Because I'm boring. Yeah, exactly. You kind of got to be boring. You got to be diligent. You know what I mean? Like I, I have a to-do list on my phone every single day. And when I wake up, it's... What do I need to do today? Mm-hmm. And I don't sit down or settle until I get that done. And most of the days, I just don't settle at all. Right. And it stresses me out a lot. And some days, I think, like, am I doing the right thing? And it's like, man, I just wish I could sit around and talk. Or even when my friends are hanging out in the living room, and I'm back in the studio, and I'm by myself. Like, some days, I just wish I'd just go take 10 minutes and go sit. And sometimes, I do take two minutes and go sit. But keep your eye on the sunset. Don't sit too long. Right. What, what do you really want to achieve? And if you say all this shit that you want to achieve but then don't do it, well, then don't complain when it doesn't happen because you deserve it. Yeah, you did it to yourself. Exactly. Hmm. So what do you do to unwind and get away from all that? I understand that your creativity brings right, you a lot right. of joy, but just to get away from that and relax, like, what do you do at those times? Man, I go on walks. I take pictures. Okay. Put my, put my headphones in. I go and take pictures. Uh, my core group of friends, I consider my family. Because they are my family and, and, you know, they'll sometimes like force me to go out and, you know, maybe we'll go hang out and go bowling or, you know, I'll love to go see a movie or something like that. Like mm-hmm. that's my decompression. I'll play video games. Mm-hmm. I got like a basketball hoop at the house. Like yeah, I'll go yeah, play yeah. basketball. Uh, that was your house they shot the video at? Well, the, the house I went Off to? the record, yes. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, nobody yeah. knows yeah. what video. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's my house. Um... So yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of decompress in that way. Uh, it, it, it's the tough question now because I find myself just decompressing when I have the time to just chill. Mm-hmm. I love car videos. I'm big into racing. You know, my grandfather was a mechanic. My dad literally grew up under the hood of a car by the age of seven. Nice. Uh, so that's me and my dad. That's how we bond. So like, you know, I took him racing for Father's Day. Uh, I just watch car videos. They get me excited in a way where that's my joy. Have you been to like Indy 500 or NASCAR races and stuff I've never like been that? to NASCAR, no. Uh, I've been to the track, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I've raced my car on the track, yeah. driven a slew of exotics, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Like, And I genuinely love cars, not from a flashy perspective. Like, I love how they work, how they're made. Right. You know what I mean? So, again, I'm boring. That's my excitement. <laughs> no, that's actually great. I yeah. mean, it's just so fascinating how that machine is like man-made. It came exactly. that came from someone's mind. Yeah, and it's 
used everywhere. It's used everywhere. That's and crazy. cars are part of people's personalities. Like I'm such a car guy, where you could look at what somebody chose to drive around in the car, and it kind of describes who they are. Right. Yeah. No, I feel the same way, man. I actually, um, well, I, I call my car a Bentley, but it's actually yeah. a Hyundai Sonata. Okay. But it's my yeah, Bentley. Yeah, you know yeah, what I say? It describes my personality. But you treat it like such. I'm sure absolutely. you wash it, you detail it. Like, hey. man, you got it smelling good. Yeah, yeah that's it's your still Bentley. Smell brand, that brand new leather still there. You know, and I had absolutely. it since 2015. And when that Bentley come around, you're going to treat it the same way. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you a uh, you, you family man? Am I? Meaning, like, do I have a family? Yes. No. No. I mean, I I have a family. No, I mean like wife, kids. No, 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 no. no oh, he's <laughs> not ready for nah, that. Nah, nah, nah. Slow, slow up. <laughs> nah, man, my my life. I'm in my late twenties, and I feel like I'm in my early teens. You know what I mean? Like I still have so much I want to accomplish myself. A family is not the the call right now. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel the same way, man. I mean, I got a wifey or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we, we had those talks about marriage and kids, you know, but we're slowly progressing to that goal because right. we ultimately want the same things, you know, but she's got her career going, right. I got my career going, so we're like, just want to build a, a stable foundation before we're responsible for another life. And you know, I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that is, is, first of all, if you find somebody who you can genuinely build like that, there's no rush to title it mm-hmm. or lock it right but to have someone who's genuine and that's that's been my my thing lately is like if i am going to get into a relationship with somebody she not only has to understand my vision but she has to be proactive enough to have her own independent ideas thoughts dreams mm-hmm. and let's build together right absolutely off top and then you know i'm glad you said like being responsible for another life because you know, I think the, the act of, of birthing babies these days, nobody takes that into account. Mm-hmm. That that is being a responsible for another life, but also a piece of you. Right. You brought a piece of you into the world. You have no reason to do less than a thousand percent for that piece of you. Right. And it really stops becoming about you. It becomes about them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So... Uh, especially when it comes down to kids and I know I'm not ready is because I refuse to be anything less than the best damn father I could be for my kid. Right. You know. Hey, I appreciate that, man. And that's yeah. when, when when that time comes, I, it, it sounds like that's, you, you're definitely going to do everything you just said for your child. So that's, Absolutely. that's great. It sounds like your parents raised you white. Oh, man. I, I had two of the best parents I could possibly have and I'm thankful for them every single day. Like honestly, likewise, man. Yeah, man. Likewise, mom, my, my, my mom's was a mom and dad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have, I have my stepfather there. Rest in peace, God rest his soul. He was there too. You know, my real father. We were more like a Facebook friends, but mm-hmm. you know, we were still, we still cool. I, I never really held any grudges for that because yeah. I, I was too young to understand why he wasn't there. But when right. I found out, I knew it was beyond his control to even right. be there. But right. we still kept communication, so I feel the same way about my parents, all of them. You know, so that's cool, man. Mm-hmm. Are you a Lakers fan? <laughs> um, old school Lakers fan. I grew up watching the Bulls, so I'm more of like Same a Bulls man. fan. Unfortunately, though, the Bulls are, are not doing very well right now, nor are the Lakers doing well right yeah, now. Yeah, What do you think about Andre Ingram making his debut at 32? Didn't hear about it. I told yeah, you. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. I think it was like two weeks ago. He actually yeah. uh, he made his debut, 32 years old. Oh, wow. Killed it in the game. I think he scored like 40 points by himself in his debut. And, you know, some people yeah. make their debut like 18, 19. Right, 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 right. It's like at 32. That's just motivating by itself. Salute. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because that's unheard of. You know what I'm saying? And it just 
Never too old to do anything. Right. Don't put yeah. no age limit, man. I think society puts an age limit, like you said earlier, that in, in your mind of what you're supposed to do or how you're supposed to do it by a certain age. And it's like, that'll kill someone's creativity. You know, it definitely discouraged me at one point in my life. But then I was like, you know what? Forget that because this is in my heart. I can't think about nothing else. I'm just going to go where what I want to do is a reality and can become a career. And that's what brought me here. Absolutely. You know, trying to get away from that, that negative energy. You know what I'm saying? So, I, that's crazy. But, yeah, yeah, definitely check out Andre Ingram, man. He's okay, I'm going to check him out. I'm going to check him out. Thing. So, uh, how was Coachella? I see you guys. <laughs> Tell me more about that. Uh, Coachella was cool. Coachella, this year was unlike any other year. You know, I was out with the TDE camp. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Ab- Absol. Uh, he brought me out mm-hmm. with my bro. You know, they grew up together. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, what was, Your brother, the rapper, right? Mm-hmm. Your brother, the artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my, you yeah. my brother win. Yeah, I met him. I met him at the shoot, but um, he's. I think he told me he was an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. What's no, it, no, what, no. what they call him? K. Wit. K. Well, well, his he goes by Devell Hatchet. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, 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 yeah. 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 So, uh, so my bro, you know, brings me out. We go to Coachella. We having a cool time. You know, mm-hmm. we walking around. Biggest surprise. Buster Rhymes is a is a fan of mine. Yeah, Buster Rhymes is a fan of mine. We ran into him and. He gave me that hug and he's like, yo, fam, man, you know, I love what you did. As <laughs> fun on Black Panther, your, your, your part was instrumental, you know, and it was it was wild because at the time I'm sitting there thinking like, yo, do you know how many times I've referenced your music videos or like loved your music? And that's the crazy thing about it to me is, is sometimes I personally forget my own celebrity because mm-hmm. I, I run into these people that I admire their artistry mm-hmm. and, you know, I guess... Maybe it's the humility within me, but I walk up to these people like, do they know me? Does anyone know me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, then, and then when I meet them, it's like, oh, man, this is this is cool. Yeah. You know, this is an experience that I get to cherish and, and take with me. Right. Uh, so, yeah, this Coachella was really cool. It was, it was a good bonding time. You know what I mean? Just chopping up with TD. Hopefully have some work coming that way. Mm-hmm. Um, building with my bro as usual because, you know, we didn't grow up together. Mm. Uh, you know, my my brother is is from my father's previous relationship. Oh, okay. Uh, so it was one of those things we were never in the same household. Mm-hmm. And as we got older, uh, now we're we're forming that bond and bringing that family closer together, which I'm very proud and That's happy. Cool, of. Man. You know what I mean? So we're doing that on our own, and and that to me couldn't be any more important to share experiences like that. You know. Right, no, 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 I feel the same way because I got, I grew up with uh, a half-sister, which is my sister, of course, but mm-hmm. I just said that because it was two different fathers, Absolutely. but we lived in the same household, we grew up together, but then my real father's side, I told you I didn't really like, know him like that, yeah. but he was like, you know, Rolling Stone with it, <laughs> yeah, like right. eight, I got eight siblings that I just met through Facebook, and you know, and we, we keep in contact, when I fly to New York, I go see them, I got one in Puerto Rico, another one in DR, mm-hmm. so it's like, we're, we're building that bond, because we haven't spent that much time together, right growing up you know i saw them one time when, when i was in this is in 1994 when okay. i first went out there so you know we're, we're, we're kind of growing that bond to make up for the times that we didn't have together growing up so in the end we'll say that you know we love each other absolutely you know what I'm saying generally meaning not just because we, we're family just because we it's genuine love absolutely you know never too late for that man right 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 never. so tell me what do you see yourself in the next 10 years professionally and personally Um, professionally, in the next 10 years, 
you know, I, I really want to see Blackmouth become what I wholeheartedly encompass it. Like, I, I want that brand um, within good company of, of different brands that I admire. Mm-hmm. Bad Robot, Amblin, um, big companies that inspire me, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, professionally, I also see myself doing more dynamic work because just truthfully speaking, like I have a very young look. Mm-hmm. Late 20s going into my 30s and I still look like I'm in my late teens. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So well, Thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank God for that. I'm not, I'm not rushing the process, <laughs> but I do know there's certain roles that I just can't play currently that I would love to play. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. leading man uh, roles that really can define my body of work. Right. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm just looking forward to ultimately seeing my vision as a director being carried out and people like appreciating and cherishing my work because I do mm-hmm. feel like I have something unique under it all. And sometimes I beat my, my myself up so many days, but I also have to realize that the skill that I've been honing in and perfecting, my artistry that I've been perfecting, not everybody can do it. Right. And it's crazy because in the world of, of today with Instagram and social media, like I'm connected to so many talented human beings where I look at their work and I'm like, I fucks with you, I fucks with you, I fucks with you. Man, can I do that? <laughs> but that in and of itself challenges me to do that. Right. But then I also do have to realize that some people just don't simply have the drive that I have. Some people don't have the innate skill that I have, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I'm hard on myself to be better than what I expect for myself. You know, I wanna see, uh, I wanna see my baby, my feature I've been working on for a couple years now, I wanna see that off the ground in the next couple 10 years. I really wanna see that off the ground in the next couple 10 years. Personally, not a couple of ten years, within ten years. Yeah, within know? within a couple of ten years. That's I'm, not I'm sorry, 20, 30 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not within, not within the next couple of ten years. Within the next ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then just personally, you know, uh, personally, you don't want to rush love, but I do also feel like to find a companion who understands, who cares but it was also on the same path I'm on and to grow and to build like that mm-hmm. is monumental. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I've had, the, I've had the, the honor and the pleasure and the joy of falling in love with incredible human beings at the time, but I still don't know if that's it, nor do I want to put a cap on that either. Mm-hmm. So when that time comes to find that within the next 10 years, if that happens, um, just within my own life, just continue to be happy and continue upward succession. You know, it's, it's interesting to define success. You could define success monetarily or you could define success right here within your heart. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say continuous upward succession is because, yes, the monetary success I want. Mm-hmm. There's no... There's no deviation from that. I do want that. But I don't want the monetary success to ever, 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 ever replace this success as well. Mm-hmm. I want to feel this success and know that I'm happy and content. At the end of the day, I've done all I can do. I love myself. I love the people around me. I love people I interact with. Right. And I want that for myself within my life as well. 
Sounds like you're heading in that direction, dog. And I, like I said, I'm happy for you, man. I feel the same way, you know. I definitely feel like success is bigger than materialistic things and mm-hmm. what, what what we see in the music videos. Although we want to acquire those things, you know, right. ultimately it won't really fulfill us inside, you know. And they, they say the best things in life are free, you know, like love and being alive, you Absolutely. know, stuff like that, your, your knowledge. You know, so I, I totally agree with you on that. I'm going I'm to tell you a quick story mm-hmm. uh, that I'd heard from, from this cat named Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's within his book, A New Earth, and he's talking about this, this woman who was in the hospital. And, uh, you know, she had her wedding ring from her, from her husband who had passed on. Mm-hmm. And she herself was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so she wakes up one morning and that, that wedding ring isn't there. Mm-hmm. She's freaking out and she's blaming everybody around her. And she's like... Oh, the caretaker, she must have stole, you know, the nurse, she must have stole my ring. That heathen must have, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she carried this. Well, I just lost that ring. I lost everything it meant to me. And, and so Eckhart Tolle, who's, who's an incredible enlightened individual, mm-hmm. you know, started asking her a couple questions like, well, what did that ring mean to you? Mm-hmm. Why did that mean so much? Mm-hmm. What value did you place on the ring? It wasn't even the value of the ring itself, mm-hmm. whether it was expensive or not. It was the value she internally placed on the ring. Right. Until she started to realize the value that she placed on the ring, she already had in here. Exactly. It was only a symbol of that value. Mm-hmm. So she was able to let go of the ring. And by the time she had passed away, after she had passed, they discovered the ring was in her cabinet the entire time. Whether she misplaced it there, whether it was moved there, whatever. The ring was no more than a few feet away from her. Mm-hmm. But she carried all of this turmoil within that ring until finally she was able to let that go mm-hmm. right before she had passed. Wow. That's crazy. So the monetary shit really doesn't mean shit. Exactly. Huh. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's about what it means to you. Right. That's, that's, that's an interesting story, man. I mean... It's crazy she had to go out, you know, still holding on to that, you know, like you said, that turmoil yeah, and stuff. You know yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But she always she always had she always had it in her though. It's just about the perspective of the situation. It's just so. about the perspective. Where do you place it? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. But you know, God rest her soul, you know what I'm saying? Um Wow, you you kinda threw me off with that one, man. I was thinking <laughs> like, you know, it, it it makes what my motivation for success even more deeper to find that 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 self fulfillment more yeah. than anything because like you say you know you everybody want the house the cars you know to 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 be comfortable the the, the M's in the bank account you Absolutely. know we all want that I mean that's one of the reasons why we started doing it because we see the potential of where it could be I mean other people got it we want it too you know but definitely that that self fulfillment is worth way more mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so um. What advice can you give to an inspiring, like, you know, director or anyone coming to chase this dream in L.A.? Um, be fluid. Be fluid in your choices. Be fluid, fluid into what life has to offer you because you don't know your trajectory better than God knows your trajectory. Um... Keep your eye on the sunset. Mm-hmm. Distractions come and go. Keep your eye on the sunset. Do you want it? Figure out a way to get there. Figure out a way to drive to the sunset. Mm-hmm. If your car breaks down, how do you fix your fucking car? 
If your car is not adequate enough, how do you get a better car? If you stopped momentarily to get something, make sure you get back on the road. Mm -hmm. And these are all metaphors that hopefully you find within your life. Like, you know, if something ain't working out, change it. Right. You have the power to change every single thing within your life. Um, your word is powerful. <laughs> Meaning, like, be careful with your tongue because the things you say, good or bad, stick. So speak positive. You know, be humble. Uh Recognize you can't do it all on your own, but also recognize the power within yourself that you can do anything. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, and that's just about chasing the dream. And, like, just be smart about it. If you find something that's frustrating or bothering you or, 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 or feel like it's getting in your way, find the root of it. What's getting in your way? And why is that bothering you? And realize... Stop identifying shit that happens to you as insults on your character. That's, a, that's an attack against your ego. That's not an attack against you. Right. You see what I mean? Like, stop identifying with things that attack you. Because even right now, truth be told, I'm dealing with something right now that's attacking me. But I have to tell myself, it's not me. It's my ego it's attacking. I love this person, but it's attacking me. Mm-hmm. I love people I deal with, but it's attacking me. Stop identifying with it being me. And if you keep placing yourself in facets of love and keep being open and honest and, and keep exploring your truth and connect your spiritual, mental, and physical, things will work out. No, you're absolutely right. You have to tell the universe you want it, and the universe will grant it to you. Mm -hmm. But you have to tell the universe it wants it. Look, if I tell you today, like, nigga, we about to strap or we about to hit the block, get fucking high, and I'm about to go do some shit. Mm -hmm. I'm telling the universe I want it, and it will give it to me. Mm -hmm. For the same reason, if I tell the universe today, I'm going to be great. I'm going to figure out how to move my career forward. And today, I'm going to do everything in my power to keep my mind, body, and soul clean and healthy and make sure I'm doing good to humanity. Mm -hmm. I'm telling the universe I want it, and I will get it as well. And if something is not working out along both paths... What is not working out? What's stopping you? Identify that problem and fix it. No, you're absolutely right. It's like a cancer. You got to get it early, man, or else you'll be wasting a lot of time, a lot of money. and Yeah, you'll just be going in a cyclical cycle doing the same shit over and over again. Yeah, and ultimately become discouraged because things haven't been working for so long, but you had the solution the whole time. You just didn't pay attention to it. You know what I'm saying? And our thoughts are not our own. Most of the times we already have the own answers. It's whether we listen to ourselves. That's a fact. That's a super fact right there. You know, sometimes I, I have problems with that, not listening to myself, even though I know there's a problem there, but it's like I'm just trying to push it, push it, like, you know, but there's some, some changes. Like, even as a musician, you know, there's some music you put out, and, you know, like, even, let's say, for example, get, like, two likes or something like that, but you put your heart into it, and you know it's good, so you keep sharing it, keep sharing it, keep sharing it, but you're not listening to the problem, which is the, the the audience is talking to you. That's why I only got to like you know change something right. in your music, yeah. get it well produced, write different, you know, don't curse, you know, stuff like right. that. So you can implement that that thought process into your everyday life. You know that could contribute to you having a better results. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. So, so I totally agree with that. Got to be fluid, man. So now you you know you see you see me and the things I do, and you know briefly kind of see some of my videos and 
um, video work and you know you know what I'm trying to do with here in LA so uh, do you have any advice for me any advice for you mm -hmm. ah man it's a good question it's a good question yeah because I really want this bro like I said I've been chasing it for such a long time and I got distracted and I, yeah. and, and I kind of just you know just Put, force myself to not get distracted by putting myself in a situation that forced me to do what it is I want to do, whether it's acting, music, film, screenwriting, you know, moving to LA to chase this dream just so I won't fail myself. Here's my question. What are you doing different? I'm doing, um, I'm doing what I want to do full time. Mm -hmm. You know, I came to a place where my, my dreams bless you Thank where you. my dreams can become a, a career mm -hmm. you know and um definitely uh I'm, I'm putting different hats on like you know this podcast you know i i started to do this because i wanted to do some hostings mm -hmm. but i couldn't get the opportunity so i created my own platform to do it right. you know shooting music videos you know i've been doing that filming you know writing music doing it in english and spanish mm -hmm. now which i wasn't doing before just to expand my audience so i'm definitely thinking more outside the box to get to the same goal Okay, so... And of course acting, you know, I've been doing that. Absolutely, so... It's, it's not a... It's not a, a... It's not a question of talent, then. Mm -hmm. It's a question of honing skill. Mm -hmm. Meaning like... Meaning like, it sounds like you have all the things that you want to achieve, though. You know what I mean? Like, from acting, from music videos, to even your music and whatnot. But now I challenge you creatively, what are you doing different? Meaning like, when I first asked that question, you instantly talked about like, uh, how you moved out of here and, and changed that up. So you've changed your environment. Right. That's the start of it. You see what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that in and of itself helps you as a person mm -hmm. to grow. Mm -hmm. Now as an artist to grow, how do you do things different? You know what I mean? Like, when I hear your music, there's something there, but how do you reach the market you want to reach? And first of all, define what is your market? Do you want to reach people who are concentrated, who understand what you want to do? Mm -hmm. Do you want to reach a platform that's well known where you kind of pander in the middle? Do you want to reach, you know, uh, a legacy where you live on forever? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's there's different levels to that, nor am I saying you should ever capsize or figure out which one you want to pander to, but each one of them comes with their own set standard of what people are looking for. Right. And that's when it really comes down to like understanding what do one like people look for. Now in terms of acting, like acting is one of those things. Acting is really skill, but acting is also being as truthful as possible with fictional scenarios. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So uh Acting it, it in and of itself is something you just continuously practice and you continuously like go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. Love, 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 put out, put out, put out, put out. Right. Show what the world you can do. In terms of directing, directing is one of those things where it's just like, how are you showing me this different than what I've seen it before? How are you telling me this? What story are you bringing to the table? Sometimes it's literally only what story do you present? Whereas sometimes it's like, well, shit, how do you move the camera? Mm. And in a beautiful marriage, sometimes you get both of them. And with music, music in a market that's entirely saturated, 
how do you sound different than the other Dominican cats that I've heard before? How do you sound different than any other like crossbreed Latin artist that I sound you know before? Right, right, right. Like, how does your production marry up to the people who are out right now? You mm -hmm. see what I mean? And I'm I'm asking you these questions, so hopefully it just spins the wheel in your head to think like how to be different. Right. You see what I mean? And it and it's not a question of like if you're doing it and if you're staying focused. Once you weed out the distractions and once you put yourself in a better environment and things of that nature, that is all great. That's setting you up for success. Mm -hmm. And then as a creative artist, then you just have to challenge yourself personally to be different than every other creative you've seen before. And everything has been done before. Right. Every single thing has been done before. You're not the first person to do it. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Kanye tweeted the other day, and, and I regard Kanye as one of the best creatives I've ever seen in my lifetime. Cheers. But even he tweeted the other day, like, nothing is new. Mm -hmm. There's no harm in creating an interpretation of something. You're not necessarily stealing. But make sure when you do take that idea, expand. If it was a good idea, how can it be better? Mm -hmm. You know, when Steve Jobs was creating the first cell phone, and this may be paraphrasing, but he, he didn't say, how do we make a better cell phone? Mm -hmm. How do we make a better device for humans? How do we make a more intuitive device mm -hmm. for humans? You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not about creating the cell phone, because the experience was we were flipping it, we were dialing it, we were only using it for calls and maybe shorthand text messages. Yeah. Now you have a device where it expands and now you have the entire world in your hands. Mm -hmm. This is a device for humans. It is no longer a cell phone in and of itself. Right. It's ex transcended past that. Mm -hmm. You see what I mean? So that's just the type of out of the box thinking that, that in order to be a dynamic creative artist, I encourage you to start thinking. Thank you for that, but brother, I definitely need to hear those words from you, you know what I'm saying? Especially someone I look up to, you know what I'm saying? So, not, you, not for real, man, it's crazy, like, you know what I'm saying? You, 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 you're younger than me, but it's like, you, you're ahead, so it's like, you know, I look up to that and I aspire to do that and then be greater, you know what I mean? So, thank you for your words, you know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Where can the people follow you and keep up with you and submit to you all that Shit, stuff? Shit, man. Uh, go to blackmouth.com, at blackmouth, if you type that into Twitter. Uh, Instagram, I got Twitter, I got Facebook, I don't really use them. Instagram is where you can catch me. Sometimes I, I pop up, sometimes I disappear. But at blackmouth.com um, and at blackmouth on Instagram, that's how you can catch the latest. And from there, you can get in contact with me if we need to. Let's chop it up. Let's talk about ideas. I'm open. Let's, let's, let's get to it. You heard it here first, man. It's your boy Johnny Vegas, Denzel Whitaker. Thank you for coming through, my brother. It's a blessing to have you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank man, you. You don't understand. Like, I'm excited just to, as we're talking. I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait to put this out. It's about to get crazy. Yeah. Now, nah, yeah. again, stop the banking and TTV. Yeah. Sleep is for billionaires, the podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes to come. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a million every week. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire.